Um, really good stuff in this gifted um, devotion, if you haven't seen that yet. Uh, I was like, man, I should have just read this to you all this morning and been done with it. Um, you know, no need to prepare a sermon. I'm like, Lord, have mercy. That's really good stuff in there. Um, but I'll give it my best shot, right? Because um, we're in a... Pardon? If all else fails, right. I can just pick that up and read it to y'all, and you'll be like, wow, Charlie, you're amazing. Um, so we'll see. I told you. You didn't believe me, did you? Okay. Yeah. I, no, I told him. I said, these people will heckle me. And she's like, no way. Yeah, out of love, I'm sure. So, Because I'm sitting. Yeah, if I was standing up, you'd be intimidated by my physique. I know. Um, okay, so we're in a series, Gifted, right? Um, and I know that my grandsons would love to be discovering their superpowers um, because they all think, they think they're superheroes. Most of them are Spider-Man, and, which is good because that's my favorite. Um, but Marco kicked us off, um, gee, I don't know, how many weeks ago now? Three or four? Uh, three weeks ago, um, he kicked off a series with his Italian cooking show, right? All his little Italian stuff up here talking to us about how important it is to have different tools in the kitchen to make his amazing Italian food that I have never been invited to eat. <laughs> I'm just going to step it out right here to say I have no verification that the guy can cook at all. He said, like, I love to cook. Italian food. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Um, so just going to say, perhaps the only thing I've ever eaten from his is South African jerky called biltong. And it's an acquired taste. I'm just going to say, you know, it's not, it's not Texas beef jerky. Come on. Yeah. But anyway, so um, so biltong is a beautiful thing. It's chewy, as jerky should be. Um, anyway, uh, Ryan, thank you, Ryan, for getting me back on track. Uh, he reminded us to not be over-impressed with the gifts, right? And don't get under-impressed with the gifts, because sometimes we get all over-impressed and under-impressed, Right and say, oh, I wish I was that, or I wish I had this, or oh, you don't have that. Oh, really? You know, and we're like, oh, well, I don't know about you. Uh, Tim last week reminded us that we have to not lose sight of the one who has given us the gift, because if we lose sight of Jesus in exercising our gifts, then there's no glory going back to Him, and it's like, what's the point? right? I mean, the whole point is that Christ is exalted and he's lifted high. It's kind of a cool thing to be in this series where each week we're doing the same passage of scripture over and over again, right? And because all four or five of us that are doing this series have different perspectives and mine's the right one. Um, <laughs> but you know, but you'll learn something from those guys, um, too. I'm kidding. Um, but, I mean, we all have different perspectives, and we bring different things, and the Lord speaks to us in different ways, and it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty awesome. And so 
I, I kind of enjoy it. I rather enjoy this. And so I got to give you some perspectives from my angle on the gifts. But let me just read the passage we're in. Um, Romans 12, 3 through 8. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us then use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, and the one who does acts of mercy <clears throat> with cheerfulness. Um, <clears throat> I think it's possible that we could preach uh, like till Christmas on this passage, honestly. Uh, and you've heard me say it before, and I'll say it again and again, that, I mean, I think the Word of God's like an ocean, and uh, you can go back to the same beach every summer and, and see different water. You're just going to see different water, and the sand won't be the same. Sure, you'll be kind of, you know, at the same longitude and latitude, but nothing will actually be the same. So you can approach a passage over and over and over and God will speak and speak and speak and show you more and more and more and so I think it's kind of cool that we're just doing this um, all together because you know the ocean theme is kind of important today by the way um, so we're gonna I'm gonna start out um, here in just a sec with uh, you know some definitions of spiritual gifts I've got three three different guys and they get longer and longer I'm like you know these guys are they're good guys. Ryan likes them, so I think they must be okay. Um, you know, um, but you may know Wayne Grudem. He's written a big old fat systematic theology book. Um, it's a good one. Uh, you know, his definition is super simple. A spiritual gift is any ability that is empowered by the Holy Spirit and used in any ministry of the church. Nice. I like it. Any ability empowered by the Holy Spirit. And we can't forget that part, right? Uh, then the next guy, Sam Storms. A spiritual gift is when the Holy Spirit manifests His presence and imparts His power into and through individual believers to enable them to exceed their limitations of their finite humanity. I like that. Exceed your limitations of your finite humanity, right? That's pretty awesome. So that they might faithfully and effectively fulfill certain ministry tasks for the building up of the body of Christ. And then finally, Michael Eaton, any aspect of one's temperament, any aspect of one's position, any ability given by God, experienced in an unusual measure through which we are generally used by the Holy Spirit for the benefit of his people. No gift is possessed by all people. Some gifts are not specially mentioned in the New Testament. Think of singing, worship leading, hospitality, personal evangelism, letter writing, even writing books. Ryan. Um, actually, there are as many gifts as there are Christians because we have gifts that differ. I like it. Uh, I like it a lot. Um, I think the implication of those definitions is, is pretty serious for us. And, and so when I think about it, because I look here and I'm like, you know, we are, we're a gifted group. I mean, gee. I mean, I could sit here, I could point out, I just be 
say, you guys are amazing. Uh, we're really a remarkably gifted group um, with so many amazing abilities. And I'm like, dude, what if, you know, the more we submit our gifting to the Holy Spirit and, uh, and we experience God working through us in Lakeway and Austin and Texas and the world, um, I mean, it's just, it's a remarkable thing. I mean, I look around in here, and I'm like, you know, we have nations represented in our congregation, and that just always just makes me excited. I just, I just love that we are a body with the nations in it. Um, so that's just amazing. Um, but the Holy Spirit, you know, He empowers us so that we can know Christ and make Him known. Um, you know, and then, I mean, just stop and think. I mean, honestly, if you would just daily just have this in your mind to say, what would it be like today if the Holy Spirit enabled me to exceed the limitations of my finite humanity today when I go to work, today when I'm doing this or that? What would today be like if the Holy Spirit enabled me to go beyond the limits of my finite humanity. I think it's just something too exciting to ponder. Yeah, hallelujah, that's correct. Um, and so this morning while we were in prayer time, uh, I was just thinking, I, I was kicking myself, saying, oh, if only I had thought of this sooner, I would have brought a nail gun with me and I'd have brought my compressor and turned it on and... and uh, but... Uh, we're all kind of like nail guns, okay? Let's just ponder this for just a second. Um, I don't know if you've ever tried to drive a, uh, you know, a framing nail with a hammer, okay? You get you a big old three and a half inch, you know, framing nail. There's some guys that are amazing at that, you know? And then there's the rest of us <laughs> that, you know, we king, 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 clunk, and we hit it once and then we'd try that again and again while the you know the professional has already you know finished a wall and you're still I can't do it you know and it's amazing you know we need a little you know Fisher Price nail set right <laughs> you know with a big mallet ha 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 you know but but every one of us you can put a frame and nail gun in your hand attach it to the air hose aka you know the word for spirit is pneuma, which is where we get our term pneumatic tools, air tools, right? You attach to the air hose, and even Crystal could frame a house. I know, little tiny, four foot eleven, put that big fat nail gun in her hand, and could, you know, and I mean, I hear nail guns, I mean, I, I awaken to nail guns every morning in our neighborhood because there are houses being built off in the distance. You know, you don't hear the birds in the distance. You hear the beep, 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 and then the you know, and it's, it's a beautiful sound in the morning. But imagine the Spirit of God empowering all of us. And so that people think of Hope Rock, they just hear, you know, they just hear the Spirit moving. Uh, yeah, I know it's a weird thing, but that's how I go um, with this. So, Thank you, yeah. Um, so, you know, don't get locked into the, the lists 
in the scripture. You know, there's basically three main passages where we have our three lists of the gifts, you know. Uh, the one we're in, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, you know, and so a lot of times we're just like, oh, well, I don't know if, well, which one of those do I have? I got to have one of those. No, maybe not. Maybe you have a different thing just from our definitions. Don't get locked in, but know this. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 6, I love this. There are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are a variety of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all in everyone. Because we are a variety. And the same God, the same Spirit empowers all of us to build that house. So I got four truths real quickly about gifts. And then hopefully I'll actually do the ones I'm supposed to be talking about. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, we're rolling. Here we go. Four truths. So one, gifts are discovered in community. I think that's super important because if you look at 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 14 through 18, um, it says, the body does not consist of one member but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would make it any less of a part of the body. No. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body was an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each of them as he chose. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. And I've, I've read that scripture a lot of times. I've heard it over and over and over again. And I mean, I've just been down the road and I was thinking about it and I was like, you know, if you ponder that for just a second, um, it implies a conversation, right? It implies a community. It implies a relationship, right? Okay. And so in, there's this communication and I, I really believe that gifts are discovered in a living body, not a dead body. So here we are living, and we're, discuss we're talking with each other. And so I don't go, oh, if only I was the cat. You know, she can just stand up here and just, la, 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 you know, and do all that. And I'll be like, I mean, I'll do my best. I've got notes, and I'll try to read them. You know, but, you know, we don't do, we don't do, we don't have to do that, right? Um, but our gifts are discovered in community better than from a test, FYI, okay? I mean, you know, gift tests, they're great. I've, had, I've taken a gazillion of them, you know, and I can game them. I'm so good at gaming tests. I mean, it's just like, yeah, yeah, dude. Oh, yeah, no, sh watch this. I'm going to have the spiritual gift of that, <laughs> you know, and I'll game my test and come out, yeah, look at me, I'm amazing. Um, in case you're wondering, I got it right here on paper. Um, but, you know, those are good for just kind of getting you rolling, getting your head thinking and getting your juices flowing, but they can pigeonhole you because then you say, oh, well, you know, I don't have the gift of giving, so I'll just hang on to all my money, <laughs> you know, um, or... I don't have the gift of teaching, so don't talk to me about children's ministry. Mm, yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but, you know, we all have blind spots, right? And, and other people will see things in you that you don't see. Uh, this week, my grandkids were in the house, and Beckett climbed up on my shoulders and was sitting there messing with my bald head because they think that's really remarkable. Uh, bald heads are amazing. Um, but he was... 
he was sitting up there and he's like, Glamps, where'd you get that owie? I was like, dude, I don't know. I bump my head on stuff because I'm taller than you a little bit. Um, and then he said, he said, Glamps, got a lot of fleckles up here. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't know that because I can't see the top of my head. Even if I you know, do this in the mirror, you know, I really don't see it too well. And so I got to get, you know, multiple mirrors, which I just don't because it's like, what's there to see, right? There's nothing to worry about up there at all. Um, you know, but so here's the thing. If you're, if you're not serving in Christian community, I'm pretty sure you probably don't have a good, clear picture of what your gifts are because it's in the body and in serving in community that we discover how it is that God has gifted us. And I think that's super important. Uh, number two. <laughs> um, that was supposed to take 30 seconds. Um, <laughs> gifts thrive in connection to Christ, right? Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Tell you what, show me a Christian disconnected from serving in the body of Christ. I will show you a Christian living in defeat and heading for crisis. Just how it is. You get out of, you take, you've heard, you've seen it, you know, youth ministry, pull one coal out of the fire and set it aside over there. Pretty soon it goes out while the rest of the coals are burning and making burgers, right? That little coal, nobody cooks over one coal, right? Oh, you know, they want a lot of coals. Grilling, yeah. Today, we should grill. Um, number three, gifts develop a spirit of humility. Romans 12.3, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Humility is fostered in a culture of dependency on the power of God's Spirit. You know? I mean, I don't know if you've ever tried to take a nail gun disconnected from the hose, the air hose, and nail with it. It's really impossible. You know, I mean, you can beat things with it. You can say, ha ha, you know, you could take a nail and take the air and, you know, I mean, you could kind of get a nail driven, but it just doesn't work real well. You could ultimately try to do that. But when you're connected to the Lord who has assigned your gifts and you depend on the power of the Spirit, um, then it, it develops humility, Right? It just, it develops humility. It's pretty awesome. You know, if you judge someone's spirituality by the gifts that they have or don't have, you've probably missed the humility card, right? Uh, number four, gifts paint a picture of Christ to the world. If each of us is in the body of Christ, then the more we can expose our lost friends to the body, the better they will see Jesus. If on our website, you know, on our website, you know, we put pictures of, you know, oh, look, these are the elders. <laughs> These are our deacons, <laughs> you know. But what if all we did was like, hey, guys, we're going to take pictures today, you know, for the website. Uh, I just need everybody's pinky, right? <laughs> and we'll just say, oh, and, and here's Cat and, here's Cat and Marco. They're little pinkies, right? And maybe people come and they'll be coming to church saying, I don't know, I'm looking for that pinky. You know, where's the, where's the lead pinky elder? You know, but whatever. No, but we don't do that. You know, we, we take a picture of the body so that we can see it. And guys, we are the body 
And as we expose our lost friends to the body, they get a better picture of who Jesus is. It's so important that all of us be exercising the gifts that God has given us in community so that the lost around us will see Jesus. Yes, he will see Jesus in a single person, right? I mean, come on. Sometimes it's just got to be me and the guy having a chat about Jesus. But if you want people to know how Christ is and how he operates and how he loves and how he changes lives, put them in the body, right? It's so important. Gifts paint a picture of Christ to the world, guys. It's just how it is. Um, I don't know. You've probably heard the whole illustration about the six blind people that ran into an elephant. No? Oh, are you kidding me? Oh, my gosh. People. So six blind guys, they run into an elephant. And one guy, he runs into the side of the elephant. He goes, well, an elephant is a wall. And the other guy ran into the knee. They said, no, 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 no. An elephant is a tree. Another guy ran into the trunk, said, no, nope, an elephant's a spear. Another guy ran into the tusk. I mean, the, in, no, ran to the tusk, elephant's a spear. Ran into the trunk, said, no, an elephant is a snake. Another guy ran into the tail, said, no, an elephant's a rope. You know, they all experienced a little bit of it but they didn't get the whole picture. Another guy ran into the ear and said, an elephant's a fan. Right? But we need to see the whole elephant. Right? That's how we are. So here we are today looking at the gifts of teaching and the gift of exhortation. I just like that word. Um, it's a good word or encouragement-ish. Um, encouragement is part of exhortation. Let me just put that out straight up. Okay? So we got the definitions. Um, you know, for teaching, it's didasco. You've, you know, probably, oh, didactic, um, didactic learning. <laughs> you know, if you, whatever. Um, provide instruction in a formal or informal setting. Teach, teaching. Interpreting, implying scripture, right? The gift of teaching. The parakaleo, kind of a cool word. Sounds a whole lot like the paraclete, a.k.a. the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Um, but anyway, it's, uh, you know, to cause someone to be encouraged. Or consoled, either by verbal or nonverbal means, to encourage, to console, to strengthen. Uh, it gives the, this word really is, is pretty awesome because it, it involves the idea of calling on God in prayer on behalf of another. Okay? Uh, it's a person who leads people back to Christ as their ultimate source of comfort. The fact that the Holy Spirit is referred to as a comforter, I think, is super significant. Because I think that the Spirit empowers the encourager to do what he does, you know? And just like, here, I, here you are, you're my guy here, and I just empower you to be that paraclete. It's pretty awesome, not a parakeet for you guys in the back. Um, but anyway, so, so let's, let's look at teaching real quick. Um, interpreting and implying scripture is called teaching in the New Testament, according to Wayne Grudem. Um, you know, and I'm hoping that those who exercise the gift of teaching, honestly, uh, would cause others to wonder about the glorious God described in the pages of Scripture and give them ballast for the journey of following Christ 
into the nations. I love the concept of ballast and boats and sh- sailing ships. And I've, I've talked about this before um, when I was, in, I was in Savannah, Georgia. And if you go down by the water at Savannah, Georgia, it's all cobblestones. And they're like, where did these come from? You know, well, the cobblestones all came from Europe because they would load the boats up in Europe with all these little stones at the bottom, sail across the ocean, and then they would dump them out, put in their goods, and sail back. And so they would throw all these rocks on the side of the river, and people were like, well, what do we do with these rocks? Well, let's make a street, you know, a really difficult street to walk on, but still a street. And so, you know, so that's where it came from, this concept of ballast. And ballast is really kind of a cool thing because you put this weighty thing down at the bottom and it gives you stability in the middle of storms as they cross, you know, mind you, these guys were sailing ships with sails, not diesel engines. You know, they were depending on the wind, and they were coming across, and they put that ballast in below the, the water line. Nobody saw the ballast. When they came sailing up, they say, oh, look at that beautiful ballast. You know, no, nobody did that, but they knew that if it wasn't for the ballast, they wouldn't have stability. And hopefully, good teaching um, puts ballasts into you. You know, cruise ships, now we've gotten more modern. This is pretty cool. Uh, Below the waterline, they've got stabilizer wings. Check it out. That's huge. Those things, man, they're all computer controlled and everything, and they're, they're adjusting to keep the ship stable as it's cruising through the water. You know, so not only do they have ballast, you know, nobody puts the engine of the boat up on the top. They put the heavy stuff down below, and then they go in and throw these stabilizer wings. It's like all below the water, all unseen. Ladies and gentlemen, we need teachers to help us to get the truth of God down deep into the belly of our ship, so to speak, so that we will be stable when we experience storms. So important. Um, I mean, I don't know, just, I think it's pretty cool. Uh, Without ballast tanks, you know, submarines couldn't dive and surface, right? And so as long as we're going with the ocean metaphor, uh, we're all like little submarines needing to dive into the Word of God, right? And we need that ballast of the Word of God so that we can go deep, go deep into the ocean and see things that we haven't seen before and go where we haven't been. It's pretty amazing. But there's a warning label for you guys that aspire to be teachers. Uh, the warning label, not many of you should become teachers. Sorry. Um, For you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. You know, and I've always heard that, and I always thought, you know, as a a youngster, I was like, yeah, dude, I don't want to teach. (laughs) I don't want God putting the whammy on me, you know, because that's what I immediately think. I'll be judged by God, and God will, oh, you just said that wrong, you know, and then I'll go home and be like, "Ah, I'm sorry, you know, I'll repent all day. But honestly, God doesn't, you know, Scripture says that, you know, there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ, right? Which means judgment, judgment always implies condemnation, okay? If there's going to be judgment, there's going to be some kind of condemnation, right? Here it comes. And, uh, and so I don't believe God's the one doing the judging here of teachers. But I think that the implication is, guys, if you're going to stand up here on this platform, that's why I'm sitting, <laughs> you know, less judgment. Um, <laughs> you know, he was just sitting. Um, but 
you know, and you start talking, you start teaching, you start telling people, this is what the word of the Lord says. And people look at you and they go, yeah, but I know how you are. You get judged stricter. If you just sit there quietly in your pew, nobody's going to be paying attention. You can just fly under the radar. Say, yeah, 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 nobody knows that thing in my life, right? But then you stand up, you start talking about different different things that the Word says and start talking about sin, and the people start looking at you going, oh, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, I see that. Um, I think that's where the stricter judgment comes, honestly, uh, because, you know, look at what Scripture says in 1 John 4, 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. You know, I mean, we're commanded, y'all are commanded to test and say, yeah, Charlie, he's, um, you know, he said that, oh, yeah, I don't think that's right. You know, and then you can come up afterwards and say, Charlie, you're wrong. And I'll be like, yeah, probably, but um, <laughs> thank you. First um, Thessalonians 5.20 says, do not, despise, do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. We're commanded to test. We're commanded to say, look, you know, this guy is teaching, and I'm not sure that's right. And I need to study the scripture, and I need to look, and I need to say, mm, yeah, that's not right. Um, you know, so it's important. It's important that we do that. Um, you know, our lives, when it boils down, all of our lives should be open to scrutiny. Because we want to be able to say with Paul, follow me as I follow Christ. Right? I mean... We want people to see Jesus. We want people to follow us to Jesus, which means we have to put ourselves open to scrutiny. Um, you know, because you can say, oh, I love Jesus. Yes, I do. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'll never forget. I think I've shared this recently in ninth grade. I'm sitting in the living room with my buddy David, and he, you know, didn't understand what salvation was, even though both of us were just horrible, nasty kids. But I went to Sunday school every Sunday, so I knew the gospel. And he was saying, well, you know, you got to do this and this and this to go to heaven. And I said, well, actually, David, that's not correct. <laughs> I was like, okay, let me clear you up on what the gospel is. As a foul-mouthed, nasty punk, let me just tell you. you know, I told him the truth. I mean, I knew the gospel. And he looked across at me, across that room with that orange shag carpet. And, uh, and he said, well, you're not going to heaven. You're no different than me. And I just went, ah. Oh. That's when God started putting the whammy on me. It's like, bro, it's time for you to get yourself straightened out. And uh, I was like, oh, yeah. So some people might be amazing communicators, but their integrity and their doctrine are suspect. You know, he's an amazing communicator. So? but is he empowered by the Spirit to teach the Word of God accurately? Some people seek to teach because they crave the stage. Bad reason for that. Don't be doing that. So what's the purpose of the gift of teaching? Help others grow in faith and maturity, right? I mean, Ephesians 4, 11 to 14, he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of the faith and the look, oh, knowledge of the Son of God. That's a teachy thing, right? And then we look to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, another teaching thing, 
right? You know, I love it when you hear Christians say, you know, I just don't really like doctrine. It's like, really? Because that's what the Bible's full of. <laughs> right? You know, the Bible's full of doctrine, which is teaching truth. So learn doctrine, people. Find somebody that will help you understand doctrine. Um, growth in Christ requires teaching. It's just how it is. Look at Ephesians 4, 20 to 25. But that is not the way you learned Christ. Oh, that's a teachy thing. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. Do you see how discipleship involves teaching? You've got to have teachers. We need teachers. All of us need teachers. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. We need teachers. Look, I'm going to tell you, I'm, we need people like Mark Batten, okay? I'm going to tell you straight up. He is obsessively committed to the Word of God, and we need people like that. We need people who are obsessively committed to the truth of God's Word that will say, oh, look, um, that's just, you know, sometimes we think, well, it's just a little bit off, you know? But if you get just a little bit off, you know, let's say you're cruising like this, and you're just a half a degree off, and your buddy goes this way, and you're a half a degree off, and the further you go, the further apart you'll be. We can't get half a degree off. We need a plumb line. You try to build a tall wall that's not vertical, sooner or later, it's, you know, when it's short, you know, yeah, okay, it's a little short wall. It's not exactly, you know, exactly, eh, it's not perfect, but it'll fall over eventually. The taller you get, the more like it's, it's going to fall. We need people who love to study the Word of God, who love to be precise, because we need to be precise. We need that truth. It's important. Biblical teaching is not always easy. There's a nightmare verse for those with the gift of teaching, it's Second Timothy 4, 3 through 4. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but have itching ears. They will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions, but turn away from the listening to the truth, and wander off into myths. Terrible thing. It's the worst thing for a teacher to think about. It's like, oh, yeah, well, oh, not so good, right? Um, but we need that Christian teaching does divide it separates self-made religion from heavenly all of the gospels from the true one the proud from the humble the false from the true the goats from the sheep the unsound from the sound the passing away from the eternal the teachings of demons and the teachings of christ we need teachers yeah presence of the gift of teaching assumes this that there will be learners, right? I mean, why have a teacher if there ain't nobody to teach? And so it assumes that all of us should be learners. Why would the Holy Spirit give us the gift of teaching if there wasn't somebody to teach? Be like, well, just go sit in your room and teach all day <laughs> by yourself. Talk to the mirror because um, nobody's there. But Acts 2.42 I mean, the growing church said they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayers. Hmm. Just stands to reason. There's teachers. God expects us to be 
learners. And I'm telling you, you know, don't just depend on the guy that stands on this platform. You know, find legit people and learn, read, study. You know, all of us should be learners. <coughs> um, and then finally this, you know, if you think you have the gift of teaching, fabulous. My challenge to you then is go teach in the children's ministry. Because, <laughs> this is where I get maybe a little ornery, but I'm telling you what, if you think you have the gift of teaching and you can't teach children, you probably don't have the gift. Because if you can't boil it down for a kid to understand, you probably don't have the gift. You probably just know how to regurgitate a lot of stuff. But, I'm telling you what, you want to sharpen your teaching skills? <laughs> Go hang out with the kids. And, uh, and you will sharpen your teaching skills because, you know, it's like uh, I had a gal I worked with who grew up in China, and so English was not her first language. I'm trying to share the gospel with this gal. And uh, so we would have these conversations at lunch over and over again, and I would find myself thinking about every word that I said to her because I'm trying to communicate the truth of the gospel to somebody that doesn't speak English natively. That was not her first language, and so I'm trying, I'm like, and I became very aware of how many colloquialisms I used in sharing the gospel. And I was like, that, and I would just stop and I would say, you don't understand what I just said, do you? And she's like, no, dude, I don't know what you're saying. And so I would have to, you know, it forced me to really clarify um, the language and the way that I spoke to her. It's very important. Um, now, let's get to the exhortation. <gasps> Okay, this children's ministry, I love you. I understand what it's like to be over there waiting for us to be done. So let me put it really fast. Um, the gift of exhortation, it's more than just somebody that smiles and is happy, makes you feel warm and fuzzy inside. This is the person that when you encounter them, Okay, you encounter them, you don't go away saying, I, well, let me put it like this. When I encounter someone with the gift of exhortation, I don't feel better, but I want to be better. Right? When you encounter somebody that has the gift of exhortation, they elevate your game. And they encourage you to go on. They push you forward. Yeah. You know, they, you know, the, um, you know, the person with the, the gift of teaching, you know, he, um, let's see, he points you to the truth, but the person with the gift of exhortation propels you forward, right? That's good stuff. Um, and the person, I, I, I see him as they work together because, you know, the exhorter, who doesn't know the Word of God, all they got is wishful thinking. Oh, it's going to be a better day. Why? You know, if you don't have ballast in the boat, you're not going to encourage me. If you're just going to say, God helps those who help themselves, get out there and do better. I'm like, you know, I need something a little stronger than that. Um, you know, and and that's, that's just how it is. We need encouragers. We need these exhorters. And, uh, and I'm telling you, the exhorters, you can almost be sure they're the prayers. 
um, because they know God's word and they depend on God's word and they know without it, we're in big trouble. And uh, so you find somebody that's a prayer warrior that loves God's word, they're probably an exhorter. They're probably the encourager. And I'll tell you, um, you know, we have, I mean, we have one sitting in this room. I'll tell you right now, you want to find, you want to know what what an exhorter encourager looks like. All you need to go do is hang out for five minutes with Lily Siebert. I'm telling you, I mean, I was Tuesday night, I was standing there watching her talk to Alex. And I was like, dang, that's better than I could do. (laughs) That's for sure. And I was just like, wow. I was just like, man, I'm watching exhortation right here in front of me, front row seat to exhortation. It was happening right there. And it was amazing. You know, we, um, we need the teachers to give us the ballast, to give us the truth, to point us to Jesus. And we need the exhorters to push us forward and to keep us going. Because just like Moses, when he was up on the, on the mountain, and he said, as long as I hold up my stick, you know, we will have victory. And so he's holding up his staff, but his arms got tired. So then Aaron and Hur stood on both sides, and they lifted his arms up, and they held him up till the victory was won. We need people that come alongside and hold up our sticks, you know, because we all get really tired. Yeah, so thank God for people with the gift of exhortation slash encouragement. Um, yeah, so I, you know, I don't know where you guys are today, um, but we all need teachers, we all need to be learning, and we all need encouragement to go higher and further in our faith. You know, if teaching is the mouth of the body, I think exhortation is the arms that give you the hug and move you along. You know, that's just kind of how I see that. Um, You know, somebody that comes alongside you and says, yeah, come on, come on, we can do this. Or maybe they put their arm around you because you're struggling to carry the load. And so they do that. They come along. They're like your Galatians 6 person. They just bear one another's burdens and fulfill the law of Christ. They're just amazing people. Um, But we need all those. We need all of us to allow the Spirit of God to uh, empower us and the gifts that He's given, the skills that we've been given, the opportunities that we've been placed in. Everything without the Spirit of God um, is just going to be us trying to nail a hammer, hammer a nail, yeah. Um, <laughs> even worse, trying to nail hammers. Um, but yeah. So yeah, we just we just need that. Um, yeah. So I don't know where you are. So yeah, Ryan. Let's just let's just have a moment. Let's just um, have some worship. We've got you know elders here. If you need prayer, we've got uh, deacons at the around to pray. We got people, dude. There's just people around that if you just need prayer and you're like, yeah. If you just want to just worship for a minute, then let's just worship for a minute. Um, and then Cat will come close us out. But, you know, I don't know what your needs are. But um, definitely, guys, if, if learning is not part of your routine, it needs to be. And, uh, and if you need people to exhort and encourage you, you're not going to find that outside of the body. We've got to be 
connected to the body. But we got nothing. So stand and let's let's just worship for a minute and uh, be encouraged. Yeah. <laughs>